fun with the power pumps. Got you got to love the style. And how they never, ever, ever give up. Who loves dogs? Who loves dogs? We rise to any challenge. And no one here is average. We are the power pumps. You know we'll ever, ever, ever give up. Hello, and welcome to the adventures of Power Dog and Dogland. Hi, friends, and thank you for tuning in for episode nine of season one of our story. When our story last took a pause, Power Dog, Fetcher, and Tuffy had just decided to go charging into the volcano. And they took off without telling any parents or grown-ups what they were up to. Can you even imagine for a moment what your grown-ups might do if you were going to go into a volcano? Maybe having a superpower that makes you quite possibly invincible to hot lava would make things different. Things are definitely different on Dogland. But before we get to that, let's catch up with Taffy and TikTok Bunny. Let's see how Taffy is doing with using her powers of connection. Taffy was scrunching up her nose just like Tuffy does when she felt her brother's energy. TikTok! Tuffy! Tuffy, Tuffy, Tuffy! I feel his energy! He is okay! She exclaimed excitedly. TikTok nodded eagerly hoping she knew just a little bit more, but also so happy to hear it. Taffy, when you guys are both using your powers of connection at the very same time, can you, like, talk to each other? What is it like? TikTok asked. Taffy got up and started pacing back and forth. Their mothers had urged them to work harder on their powers of connection and told them if they would hone their powers, they could do really cool things, like talk to each other without words. Well, I'm, I'm embarrassed. We didn't practice a whole lot, and I'm just not, I'm not good at it. She started lightly sobbing, <laughs> but kept pacing. Her head was down, and her eyes were blurry from the tears that were starting to form. So she barely heard TikTok let out a, hey, as she tripped over a rock, or perhaps her own feet, and collided into the creature's backside. As she looked over to TikTok for a millisecond, she was transported away. Meanwhile, back in Meowie, Whoa, said Power Dog as they approached the speeder. Double dog, whoa, exclaimed Huffy. Yeah, I know, right? answered Fetcher. Cody's Dogmo Speeder was boat-like in nature, but it was also a little bit jet, helicopter, and motorcycle. That's right, all of those things in one awesome package. It was almost cruel that the young dogs were in such a hurry, because they could have spent hours admiring and playing on, around, and in 
Cody's Dogmo Speeder. This was by far the coolest vehicle on Dogland. It was designed to race through the desert, glide across snow, hovercraft across any body of water of any kind, and fly. Low, but still, it could fly. Because it is ultimately an all-terrain hovercraft, it can even glide across the air directly above the slickest, coldest glaciers on the frozen side of Question Mark Mountain. Cody the Golden Coyote was a wise sage and oracle, but he was also what we might call a total gearhead. He had created this speeder for rapid emergency travel to any location on Dogland, but he had also made it a lot cooler than it needed to be. And he had entrusted it to his star apprentice, Fetcher, to get to Miaui and Hawafi as quickly as possible to warn the island residents as well as the sea dogs. As Fetcher fired up the engine, he hollered to Power Dog and Tuffy, Strap in! We're going to go full throttle as soon as we float out of the harbor. He let the speeder glide gently across the air just above the water as quietly as possible, and a boat of farmer dogs pulled into the slip they had just left. Everybody smiled and waved paws to each other as if no one was about to go on a daring and crazy mission that was so crazy they couldn't tell their parents about it. As soon as they were out of sight, Fetcher opened up the throttle and they flew across the sea, making a beeline for the volcano, which was still under the shadow of its own thick black plume of ashy smoke reaching up to the sky. And as they headed towards instead of away from this big scary volcano. Taffy found herself transported to a very strange place. She was standing in a giant crystal hall, or so it seemed, and the monster or creature, or she didn't even know what at this point, was standing beside her. The first weird thing Taffy noticed is that they both seemed to be the same size. The creature which had been so much larger than her, had either shrunk or she had grown to become giant herself. She didn't feel any differently, but she really couldn't tell. The next weird thing she noticed is that she wasn't actually standing. She was floating, almost hovering like Power Dog, except through no effort of her own. She was just floating and even drifting a little. And although she scrambled her paws to try to land on the crystal floor below her, she could not make that happen. She was suspended in the air. The creature she then realized was talking with words. Words she couldn't quite understand, but she could tell they were words and she could make out a mouth too. But the creature wasn't talking to her. She turned her head and screamed. When she saw at least five more monsters, none of them looked at her when she screamed. None of them looked at her when she waved her paws. What the 
Hey! Now she wanted their attention, but they were all just talking to each other. She did a somersault in the air just to see if she could, and she could. Well, this was kind of bizarre, but also a little bit delightful, so she did another. Just then, three larger creatures approached, and they were carrying a whole basket of those cool, glowy orb torch things, just like the one that the creature had dropped in the strange cave. Whoa, she exclaimed. One of the three larger creatures seemed to look right at her, and she tried to shrink back away, but ended up doing an unintentional somersault that felt like it took her forever to do. But when she came back around full circle, none of them were looking at her at all. They were all huddled around the basket of orbs, and the three larger creatures were handing the orbs to the smaller creatures and speaking to them in soft, seemingly kind tones. She did her best to lean in, as it was starting to become very clear to her that they could not see her. And the more she focused and paid attention, the more she could make out some of the words. She heard caring and together, and as surprising as that might have been, she was also quite certain that she heard someone say the word, family. A tear started to stream down her face. Now back on the dogmo speeder, Fetcher, Power Dog, and Tuffy were pulling up to the ashy edge of a black sand beach in the shadow of the volcano. Tuffy found some gauzy scarves tucked away in a compartment, and they wrapped them around their heads to protect their eyes, noses, and mouths. Fetcher mumbled something about them being made for desert winds as he wrapped his head up quickly in one big swirling move the power dog and Tuffy were awestruck by. All right, dogs, Fetcher said as he rubbed his front paws together in nervous excitement. How should we do this? Power dog barely let a beat pass by announcing, here's how it's going to go down. Number one, Tuffy and I will get as close to the top rim of the volcano as we can. We will wear these heat-resistant suits to stay extra safe. Number two, Tuffy will use his power of connection as a radio of sorts, because the heat will be too hot for any radio gear anyway, and he'll keep track of me. Number three, I will hover in as close as I can to the central magma chamber, lower the chalice down, scoop up the lava, and then fly out as quickly as possible using Tuffy's connection powers to return back to him. Number four. We will all meet back here at the speeder and dash back to Miaui, where we can save the day with fresh hot lava that they say they need so much. Fetcher and Tuffy thought about each step as Power Dog talked. Only four steps. That's not too bad for a plan. But then Fetcher said, I'm not waiting here with the speeder in the water when we can take it up the side of the mountain together. The speeder really did look and feel capable, so they all agreed and donned the heat suits. They noticed that it actually felt pretty warm where they were already. The dog strapped in again and sped up the side of the volcano through ashy air and across earth that looked like it had been bubbling. And nearly everything went according to plan. Number one, 
they got to a very high point at the top of the rim of the volcano. The heat suits seemed to be protecting them, and nothing on the speeder was melting, thank dogs. Number two, Tuffy, the living radio dog, scrunched up his sweet face and focused on connecting to Power Dog. He nodded when he was sure he had honed in on Power Dog's energy. Number three, Power Dog flew up and over the rim of the volcano. It was hot, but the suit was holding, and he felt fine. It was hard to see, but the desert scarf protected his eyes and ears and nose and mouth. He hooked the cable to a belt loop on the heat suit, and he set off for the center of the volcano. He took comfort in feeling Tuffy's energy as he made his way through the murky smoke and ash plume. He had no idea how far down he had to go to dip the chalice in lava. After all, he'd never done anything like this before. I just have to stick to the plan, he thought. I just have to hover in as close as I can to the central magma chamber, lower the chalice down, scoop up the magma, and then fly out as quickly as possible using Tuffy's connection to return back. Just follow his signal and I'm done. And that was about the moment that the plan fell apart. He felt a tickling sensation on his back legs first. It wasn't lava. What was it? He looked down, but he couldn't see through the smoke to see the threads of the heat suit coming apart and falling down into the volcano below, floating like little spider legs through the heat and ash. Before he knew what was happening, the belt loop he had hooked the chalice cable to came apart. His super hearing heard the cable spin, whip, and then snap through the air as it flew away from him quickly. He reached down and dove with his paws to grab at it, and he caught it by the very last loop he had tied to affix it to the suit. Ha ha, he shouted. Wow, that was close. Just then, he felt a sharp bolt of energy spike and drop. He wasn't connected to Tuffy and he could feel it. Oh no, he barked aloud. Were Tuffy and Fetcher okay? He turned towards where they had parked to wait for him. And as he did, the cable fell from his grasp and was lost. No! He shouted as ugly tears and snot burst from his eyes and nose. (sighs) He headed back to where he believed Tuffy and Fetcher would be, his heart racing in fear that they were hurt somehow. And then he realized that the entire bottom of the suit had deteriorated and sloughed completely off of his body. The shock that it must have melted scared him and he flew straight up in the air like a hot dog rocket. There he was, way up in the sky, with only half a suit on the upper half of his body and no lava catcher and no way to get any lava. And even worse, he couldn't see the Dogmo speeder.
Well, folks, that's all for today. You're going to have to tune in next time to find out what's going to happen next. And now I'm joined by my six-year-old co-author, Hank. Hi, Hank. Hi. Do you want to talk about hovercrafts? Yep. Did you know they built one in 1959? No. That is over 60 years ago. What? Yeah, for real. A hovercraft is a really brilliant vehicle. Do you know what it does? Uh, it like it flies. It is like it oh, flies. Oh, it hovers on the water, yeah. Yeah, it traps a cushion yeah. of air underneath itself. Roger had something to say about that, too. And then it floats along the top of that cushion of air right above the water, or in Dogland's case, land as well, and ice and everything. Because mm-hmm. this is the episode, remember, where we talked about Cody's dogmo speeder. Yeah. So, we're going to post a link about... <laughs> We're going to post a link about hovercrafts in our show notes. And in just to know, we have a senior cat. Yes, we adopted a senior kitty. Mm-hmm. And his name is? Roger. Roger. Sometimes we call him? Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Or, or Mac. Just, or just cheese. Or just Mac. Or just Mac. Hank, why is it important to adopt senior cats? Because they need a home. Yeah, it's harder for them to find homes, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. But what's awesome about senior cats? They don't jump onto your table. Yeah, they tend to have really good manners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Roger has great manners, huh? Yeah, he doesn't jump onto to the table. You know he loves food. It's so true. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Rod. Yes. Hey, do you want to just jump to the joke? Yeah. Okay, you're going to love this one. It's really funny. And it comes from our beloved Uncle Kenny Crozier. Hi, Uncle Kenny. Hi, Uncle Kenny. We love you. Okay, what happens when it rains cats and dogs? What? You have to be careful not to step in a poodle. (laughs) (laughs) And today, we also have a really funny joke from our friend Wilder. You ready, Hank? Yeah. Okay, what do you call a magical dog? I don't know. A labracadabrador. <laughs> and once again, listeners, thank you. We hope you subscribe and join us next time to hear more of this exciting story. Hang out through to the end, as our special musical treat is such a fun song. The children's musician, known as Katie Ha Ha Ha, that's three ha's, has been making music with kids in New York City since 2009. She released her first album of kids' songs in 2016, entitled These Things Go Together, and she just released a new single in the spring of 2020 called Lilu and Cody. It's a simple bop about a little girl and her dog, and the happy vibes of carefree summer days. The lyrics are relatable for anyone who loves summer and or friendship and could easily become your family's favorite new summer anthem. Your grown-up can help you find her at Katie Ha Ha Ha. That's katie3haws.com. If you liked what you heard, you can see more content at our website, Power Dog Adventures, all one word, dot com.
There, you can sign up for our frequently emailed newsletter and also submit any good dog jokes. We'll be forever grateful if you feel like telling your friends about the show. Special thanks to the inimitable Jason Rourke, who makes these stories sound extra good with his wise counsel, recording, sound design, and even original music. Additional thanks to our friends, family, and community. Thank you as well to a group of wonderful experts and artists listed on our website for guiding us through this process to bring these adventures to you, dear listeners, to whom we give our deepest gratitude. Season one of this podcast is made possible in part by funding provided by the Regional Arts and Culture Council in Portland, Oregon. Thank you, Rack. Cody said, Lilu, I'm so happy to see you. You are my favorite friend. I love your furry
after dark. Let's go off the leash. <laughs>